Hi, I'm Frida Payne, and I just want you to know that I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for stopping by for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 579 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remake sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we go into the world of music with uh, a person who had a hit song called Band of Gold back in the 70s. She has a book out right now called Band of Gold, a memoir. She has an album out, and on February 20th, she's going to be at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, Sunday at 5 p.m., going to be a great concert you got to hear that so if you are in the san francisco bay area around the orinda california area be sure to check that out get your tickets you can go to the uh orinda theater and uh listen you know online and just just google it whatever and you'll find it and you can get your tickets or you can go to freetopain.com there's a spot there where you can see where she's playing and also a link that will get you your tickets and uh, it's going to be a great concert, so be sure to check that out. Frida Payne will be coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And we got a lot of things coming our way this week. Um, as always, uh, we are so glad that you joined us once again. And uh, I was looking over the stats, and last month, the most downloaded episode of On Screen and Beyond for a repeat episode was Norman Greenbaum, who sang... Spirit in the Sky. So uh, if you get a chance, check that one out. A lot of people seem to like that one, so uh, go ahead and listen to that. And also, as far as the new episodes that have been released during the month, A. Martinez was the biggest one that people listened to. So there's another great episode you can listen to and hear uh, uh, fascinating stories from him. So uh, also check us out on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, I don't know what you've been doing all this time for the holidays and everything, but I I picked up on some of the TV shows that were on, and uh, I've really enjoyed 1883. Now, I don't know if you've seen that. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Great show. But I've got one complaint, and it's it really bugs me. I mean, you know, this is 1883, and they're cowboys, and usually they're all, you know, rough and dirty and, you know, with the clothes and everything. And uh, they have that. But they also have the brightest, whitest teeth that you've ever seen. So, you know, I think with all the money they spent, they could have, you know, somehow made them look more realistic. That's the only thing that bugs me on that one. Anyways, check it out, 1883. And uh, what do you say? Well, let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. Well, it looks like the remake of 1984 Stephen King's Firestarter. This time around, it's going to be starring Zac Efron. We've told you about that, talked about it a bit uh, as we've gone through the months here. But they say it's going to be getting an R rating, and they say it won't hold back. So get ready for that. Another one for Stephen King, Salem's Lot. Uh, original one was a great, uh, great film. And uh, now uh, the remake is on its way, and that's coming our way on September 9th, and that's the release date they have given it. 
And on March 4th, the retelling, the remake, whatever you want to call it, of The Batman will be arriving with Robert Pattinson in the lead. So be sure to get ready for that one in March. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, J.K. Simmons will play Commissioner Gordons once again in the upcoming Batgirl movie. And Leslie Grace will star as Batgirl. Brandon Fraser is also going to be in the cast, along with Michael Keaton returning as Batman. And Zendaya will play Ronnie Spector in the upcoming biopic on the 60s girl band icon. And you can look for Sylvester Stallone in Samaritan on August 26th. And it's uh, it's about a young boy who learns a superhero who supposedly went missing after an epic battle a long time ago may still be around. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, find out what's coming away as far as sequels. Sequels, well, it looks like March 24th, 2023, you can see John Wick Chapter 4 in theaters. And on February 4th, Jackass Forever with Johnny Knoxville and Steve O will be hitting theaters. And on March 18th, Downton Abbey, A New Era will be landing in theaters. And that's it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, March 22nd. You can look for Dexter New Blood to arrive on Blu-ray and DVD and limited edition Steelbook. March 15th, Vikings Season 6, Volume 2 will be hitting DVD. And on March 8th, you can look for Walking Dead, The World Beyond Final Season on DVD. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> Movies on DVD, January 18th, the 1950 Western Noir classic, The Capture, comes our way in a special edition Blu-ray and DVD release. February 1st, the Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection will be arriving with all three Ghostbuster films in a 4K Ultra HD set. And also on February 1st, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is part of that uh, Ultimate Collection, will be coming out individually, soaring on to 4K Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, Grey's Anatomy has been renewed for a 19th season. Justified will return for a limited series and will be called Justified City Primeval. And since our last episode of On Screen and Beyond, sadly, Bob Saget of Full House and legendary actor Sidney Poitier have passed away. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Frida Payne is going to be joining us. She had the hit single Band of Gold back in the 70s, and she's got a whole lot going on. So let's find out what's going on right here on On Screen and Beyond with Frida Payne. On Screen and Beyond, our guest is a Grammy-nominated singer who gave us the gold hit record, Band of Gold, in the 70s. 
She is also an actress, appearing in movies including The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, and more. And she currently has a book out called Band of Gold, a memoir, and also released last year an album called Let There Be Love that you do not want to miss. And on Sunday, February 20th, she will be singing at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California at 5 p.m. It's Frida Payne. Frida, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Ah, thank you so much, Brian. How are you? Great, great. And I, I, a lot of times lately we, I've asked, you know, what have people been doing during COVID, during the lockdowns? And looking over what you've done, now let's see. Of course, when these things were released, uh, you know, it hasn't been that long since you've had the release. So you did all this work before. So I know what you've been doing during COVID. <laughs> you wrote a book. You came up with an album. And here you are now going to be doing a concert, uh, you know, with your touring. And uh, uh, you're busy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm do. I gotta be. I'm. I'm glad to be busy. Let me tell you, it just sort of like irks me, or I kind of get a little envious when I see some of my uh, peers who are working even more consistently than I am. But I don't. I'm not complaining either because I. It. I started back working this past August last year, and um, uh, you know, it's sort of like things have you know still are still going on. Right. So I'm still uh, promoting. I got to promote the book, and I get booking engagements, and then my CD that was finally released uh, last year as well. And you mentioned that a lot of this stuff was already done before the pandemic. The CD was actually recorded in 2019. Ah, okay. So when the uh, by the time the pandemic hit, it was like it, everything came to a standstill. And then uh, the book, it just, the two years of, of being in a pandemic really gave me a, a lot of free time to work on it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I worked on it not, by my, not just totally by myself. I had the help of Mark Bego, who's also listed as a, a uh, it's me. And of course, with Mark Bego, he's like uh, the co-writer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's let's start with the book. Um, how was that? It, it, a lot of people tell me when they write books, it's it's therapeutic. Looking back at you know all the things they've done, and the, you know sometimes they look back and they say, "Damn, I I did a lot." <laughs> well, yeah, I did, and and the thing is, I didn't even put I didn't put everything in there because some stuff I, I I I've literally forgotten, or you know I just I just can't bring it to mind. And mind you, it it uh, has a lot to do with the fact that I never kept a diary or a manual, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I never, I never did. I never really wanted to. I wasn't. I'm not the kind of person to keep a diary. I just didn't want to do that. But uh, in a way, now I'm wishing I had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you sure. know, it would have been more, more, even more detailed and more specific. But. Uh, a lot of people who've read the book have said, "Yeah, well, you did a lot, girl." <laughs> <laughs> now, now w- when you started out, you know, or when you when you were just a little kid, um, w- did you know you wanted to be a singer? No, I didn't know that until I was re- until I reached. I think I reached the age of thirteen. <clears throat> that was when I first realized. That or had the thought, I'll say, I'll say, had the thought 
that, oh, maybe I can I can do this for a living, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was and it wasn't so much my my prodding my uh, own ambition, me thinking it. It was other people around me, people who were uh, observed me and heard me sing or watched me on stage, and they kept saying, you know, you ought to consider being a professional. You know, you're good enough to do this for a living. And then that gave me the encu- the courage to go ahead and push it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, mm-hmm. I, I know that your, your uh, sister uh, is also a singer. Um, it, but oh, yeah, Sherry's a great singer. She's really – she's a – she started out with, um, she was a member of the Supremes with Mary Wilson and Cindy Birdsong. And, and then it was uh, Mary, Sherry, was Sherry, Mary, and uh, Suse Green. And, uh, yeah, and then even before that, she was in a group called The Glass House. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was the and rest they of were, your... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, The Glass House. And, and they were a group that was signed to the uh, label that I was on, Invictus. Mm-hmm. So she was on that group first, and then uh, she got she was hired by Mary Wilson to be a lead singer with the Supremes. Wow. Back in ni- 1973. Jeez. In 74, 75. Yeah. yeah. I think that went on, that lasted for about three and a half years. Now, was the rest of your family musically oriented? No. No, it's only the two of us. Anyway, just the two of us, yeah. and then I mean, our your parents. parents. Yeah, your parents were they, they were not musically orientated. Now I do know that on my father's side, there was music. There, I mean, there there was uh, a little bit of musicality, and uh, on his side, his I think he had some some of my aunts were singers, but they were they were not professionals. They sang in church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. Yeah. So it was. Were you in singing in church and at school in the choir and things like that? I did sing in church, but, you know, I wasn't in the choir. I never was in the church choir. Uh, I would do a solo now and then. I was called upon to do a solo now and then. Uh, that was about it. And then also, also as a teenager, I was singing on the radio uh, in a group called – it was it was a show that, that was uh, emanated from – uh, the Fisher Building in Detroit, and the station was WJR, and the show was called Don Large's Make Way for Youth, and it was Don Large who conducted and who was who had his cor- it was a choral group. Uh, I think how many of us were there? Like about let's say four, or four, like maybe eighteen of us all together, and uh, you ha- of course you had to audition and yeah, and you had to be a spot on sight reader and at that point in school you know they gave it back when i was in school uh they had music or uh as part of the curriculum you know you could take uh uh you know choir or you could take uh uh go you know go like take an instrument or something like that you would take band or something like that Mm -hmm. and and uh, i learned a lot about sight reading i learned a lot about uh reading music right in school and then also my mother had given us uh private p- piano lessons as well so that helped us alongside that yeah, yeah. Huh. now uh do being uh you know singing all the time like that and and am i correct that uh, you were singing jingles for the radio 
Oh yeah, I oh yeah, I was uh, I got involved and I was hired to do some jingles, some uh, radio commercials. I didn't do a lot. I was 16 when that happened because I remember that that's what uh, that's what caused me to have to join AFTRA. You know, uh, the American Associ- the American Association of Television and Radio Artists. Mhm. Yeah. You know, AFTRA. So the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, and that's the union that that handles people who are who do anything on the radio, like um, uh, if you're a speaker or a DJ, uh, if you sing, com- if you do commercials or do jingles, you have to join AFTRA. A recording artist mm-hmm. usually joins AFTRA because that's. Uh, you know that that uh, it goes under that umbrella as well, and uh, so that's what I did. I joined after when I was sixteen years old. Yeah, who were the people who inspired you musically? Well, it was well. I have to say, Ella Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, who inspired me so much, and to the point where where uh, now I've been for the last many, several years. I've been doing tributes to Ella, and I portray. And also, I've done a play. I do a play where I play Ella. Oh, really? And uh, oh, yeah, where I play Ella. You know, with uh, padded suits. Mm-hmm. You know, they make me look plump, and because uh, she was a full-figured woman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I do that with other actors. You know, who play the other part, the role of her manager, Norman Grants, and her sister Frances, and. And uh, the lady who traveled with her, who was who was her, uh, who took care of her, and that was her her cousin Georgiana, Georgina, and um, yeah, I do that. I've been I've played I've done it three times. I'm getting ready to do it again this year, and that's going to be in August and September back east uh, at the Madison. This is in New York, mm-hmm. in New York. It's out. It's a place outside of Manhattan. It's called. The Madison Theater at Malloy College. Oh, okay. Jeez, you, so I'm going to be doing it, but I've done it. I did it in in New Brunswick, New Jersey, at Crossroads. That was 2004. And then I did it in Alexandria, Virginia, at a theater called Metro Stage, and that was in 2014. And then I did it um, again. The last time I did it was 2018. And that was at the Delaware Theater in Wilmington, Delaware. Hmm. Boy, you, you are so busy. And it's so called busy. Ella Fitzgerald, First Lady of Song. Yeah. Wow. Now, over the years, I'm sure you've worked with some, you know, huge people. Like, I know you've worked with Quincy Jones, correct? Oh, yeah. And, and Pearl Bailey? Pearl Bailey, Duke Ellington. Wow. Uh, Lionel Hampton, Sammy Davis Jr., Bill Cosby, um, Jay Leno, uh, George Burns, Temptations. I've worked Temptations. I've worked with, you know, a lot of uh, Motown groups too. Temptations, Four Tops, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Martha Reeves, Edwin Starr, a bunch of people. Yeah. Wow. Now, now, mm-hmm. did you ever get starstruck when you when you met these people? Not really. No, I wasn't starstruck at all. Yeah. Uh, let me see now. I was starstruck with Sammy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sammy Davis, he was someone you should be starstruck by because he was one of the greatest entertainers in the world. Oh, yeah, incredible. In the world. He was one of the best. Yeah. And who else I would have been starstruck? Oh, I was. I never worked with him. We did a benefit together once. So you might say I did work with him, work with him because we were on the same show at the same time. And that was Frank Sinatra. Ooh. <laughs> now, he's somebody that you would definitely be starstruck by. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've also been on the Johnny Carson show when, when he was hosting The Tonight Show, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did The Tonight Show several, I mean, many times. And that was that was even before I had a hit record. Oh, really? Wow. Band of, before I had Band of Gold. Yeah. What was Johnny yeah, I was like? doing the Tonight Show back as far back as, let's say, ooh, like 63, 62, 64. Oh, wow. You know, and yeah. on and 66 and on like that. Yeah. What was Johnny like? Ah, uh, I liked, I loved him. I thought he was the best. He really was, he was the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, a nice man, yeah. a very nice man. He's a, uh, he, uh, he he really handled he really handled himself well and 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 you got to remember when he was on he was there was no competition right yeah he back was then. the only late night show that came on at eleven thirty and it, back then it it was an hour and a half now the shows are just an hour mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's it yeah, yeah so it's changed a lot over the years that's for sure it's a, now you got to there's Stephen Colbert on on Channel Two CBS, uh, Jimmy Fallon on Channel Four NBC, Jimmy Kimball, uh, Channel Seven ABC. <laughs> you got three major talk show hosts, you know, and they all have their audiences and their fans, and they're all good, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all good. They are, they they have and they have sort of like a different, and then you have the late late show, the one that comes on. Let's say after after Jimmy Fallon, then he's got uh, Seth Meyer, right? Mm-hmm, yep. That, and that's really that's the people who stay up really late. Yeah, I, I'm I'm yeah, in, I'm in bed. <laughs> yeah, and then Channel Two after Stephen Colbert, uh, what's that? Uh, what's his name? James Corbin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I like him too. He's he's an interesting guy. He's English, you know. He's from yes. the UK. And, and but he's done so much, you know. He's like been in film and mm-hmm. and stuff, and he has a lot of interesting concepts. But he come, but a lot of times it's hard. You know, a lot of times I'm not up that late. Right. Yeah. That's that's the problem. <laughs> you know, sometimes I am. You know, find sometimes I find myself. Oh, I'm still awake. I'm still. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not sleepy yet. So, yeah. but uh, oh, and then oh, but then on Channel Seven after Jimmy Kimball. Nightline comes on, and I really, I don't know, I'm a news junkie, so oh, really? I, I like to, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll like, continue to stay up and see what, what's on Nightline. Hmm. <laughs> now, one of the things, uh, Band of Gold, of course, that, that was the monster hit that you had, and uh, yeah. Brian Holland and Lamont Dozier and Edward Holland uh, Jr. was uh, the ones who, who, who co-wrote it. Um, and how did it come about that, that you got to have that record? Am I correct that you were friends with them? 
Well, I knew them all, like, before they even started in the business. Mm -hmm. I knew them all before they were ever on Motown. I went to high school. Uh, I had some high school uh, classes with Brian Holland. And I also went to school. I went all through middle school, let's say the 7th and 8th grade and 7th, 8th and ninth grade with Lamont Dozier. And uh, and then Eddie was three years my senior, so I didn't go to school with him. But I had met him when I was 14 because Barry Gordy Jr. had brought him over to my house when I was 14. This was before there was a Motown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, and, and, I mean, those guys could write music. I mean, they, they could write oh, hit they after were hit. It. Yeah, they they they're the ones that wrote the made all the major classic hits yeah. for the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and the Four Tops, they're major hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, major, major. The Four Tops. I mean, when you hear their music today, you you still hear their music. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, in commercials or in a movie or wherever on the radio, mm-hmm. you still hear their music like it just came out. So, so what was it like when they when you you did uh, the Band of Gold? Uh, I mean, that must have skyrocketed you into uh, you know people's more people, I should say, because you were you had already been doing things. But but even more people must have known you by then. By uh, what was it like? I mean, could could you go out and 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 people not you know running up to you or or how was it? Well, you're right. I, I it was for the first time in my life. I started, no, after Band of Gold, you know, became a hit that first year, I would go somewhere and I'd say, oh, nobody's going to know, know who I am here. <laughs> and somebody would say, aren't you that girl, aren't, aren't you Frida Payne? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think, well, how in the world they know me? I had a scarf on my head. I didn't have any, have any makeup on, you know, and they recognized me. Because huh. I had been doing some TV shows, you know, like right. American Bandstand, uh, different local TV shows and some national shows as well. So people were like, it was sort of like uh, you became. I became more of a, of a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, did you ever think that you would get to that point when you were younger? That's what I aspired to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to be. I wanted to go into the business to be successful. I wasn't thinking that I was going to be like huge, you know, like really hugely successful. But I said, you know what? And I said, if I go into the business, it'll give me the chance, the opportunity to travel internationally, you know, and get paid for it. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to go. <laughs> and, right. You know, and, and meet a lot of other famous people and, and, uh, you know, have, have, because I love, I love being, you know, I love theater. I love that work and that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it's not all peaches and cream, you know, I don't know if you, but it's not, there's work involved and there's a lot of frustration oh, yeah. and angst, a lot of angst and, and, uh, and a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, everything isn't always a yes, yes, yes. You know, sometimes you get no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, uh, you have to kind of like take the, 
you know, take the good and and take the bad along with the good. Yeah, yeah. You have to have thick skin for when you're out in the public like that. I'm sure you do. You have to be, you know, you have to be tough. Right. You mentioned theater. Did you do back, you know, in your early years, did you do a lot of theater? Uh, I did. Yes, I did. I did. Um, I started out doing, well, in the 60s, I, I was an understudy on Broadway for Leslie Uggams mm-hmm. when she starred in Hallelujah Baby. Yes, yeah. And uh, I was her understudy, and I was the only understudy to go on. I went on five times in her role and uh, and by the way she won a tony yeah. for that show <laughs> yeah and and so i was i had a good i had a good time i enjoyed it it was great did you enjoy being it was wonderful. on stage like that uh, getting that immediate you know i mean cuz you've done you had done concerts and things like that so i'm sure it's similar but there must be it must be a little different right there's nothing like it there's nothing and then back then you had a huge you had a whole like almost you had a band in the pit. You had a, a, a band and strings, mm-hmm. like an orchestra. It was, I mean, it was nothing like it. Yeah. It's great. Now, you also I t- mean, they have the same thing today, but not as big as, as they used to. Right. Everything has been scaled down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, to go along with theater, you also did some films. Uh, what was it like acting in, uh, you know, The Nutty Professor 2? Well, it was uh, The Clumps, The Nutty Professor, The Clumps. Yep. Uh, that was a very small role. It was it was like almost like a cameo role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was nice, but my, but my interaction was with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And that was... That was nice. That was a thrill because I got a chance to do a little a little scene with him, and so that wasn't bad at all. Yeah. What, what was he? What was he like? Is he? He seems like a nice guy. I don't know. <laughs> he does, he nice. Seems... Oh, oh, yeah. And very and serious. I really? mean, he's he's a. I mean, the moment they say action, you know, he comes. He he's like he's Eddie Murphy. You know, the Eddie Murphy we look we see on TV mm-hmm. or in the movies, but then moment. You know, it's that they say cut. He's he he quiets down, and he's very reserved, and he's not clowning around. It's it's almost as if he's meditating on what he's going to do next. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, it surprises me because uh, I've been doing this for fifteen years and talking with a lot of different actors and actresses and singers and everything, and it's amazing how many say that they are actually an introvert. Right. You know, it surprises you because, you know, we see, like you say, Eddie Murphy, you, you know, you think he's a wild and crazy guy. I mean, you know. Yeah, right. Right. Because he comes off like wild and crazy, on, you know, when you see him on stage. Yeah. Or in an interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's funny how, you know, you you wouldn't think. And, and, you know, like you say, I've had singers, too, that say, you know, they, they're very quiet. And, you know, I mean, you must really have to come out of your shell to get out there in front of thousands of people and sing. I mean, well, I was extreme when I was young. Before I started performing, I I was very shy. Really? I was extremely, I was extremely shy. Hmm. And singing and being in show business has was a way of coming out of my shell. Yeah. And I'm still kind of like low key. I'm not the loud. Listen, I'm not the loudest person in the room, believe me. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. You know, I know some people who are. They're loud, and you know, and that that's just their nature. But, but I am definitely not one of those people. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about your latest album, um, and let there be love. And I have to tell you that you know I've heard the the duet you did with Johnny Mathis, and it, it's it's the cl- classic song. Uh, they can't take that away from me, uh, and it is an amazing version of that song i mean that the two of you together is perfection i guess i have to tell you oh thank you so much i enjoyed working with him tremendously i mean that was that was like one of the thrills of my life hmm. well, it, mm-hmm. yeah, well, now how did you decide what songs you were going to put on your album well uh, my producer his name is rodrigo rios and uh, he's the one that came to me about doing it in the first place. He's the one that said, "Reed, I want to do, do I want to do an album with you, and I'd like to to uh, like to uh, do it with big band and strings." And we sat down, and then it was also uh, James Michael Getz, who was the executive producer, and uh, we all sat down together and and went over songs, and and Rodrigo would suggest say, well, these are the songs I think you should do with uh, Kenny Lattimore. I did a duet with Kenny Lattimore and then, of course, Johnny. And I think he presented like three choices to Johnny of songs that he'd like to do with me. And Johnny's the one that actually picked out, you know, uh, you can't take that away from me. He said, because he said he had never recorded that song before. Wow. That's hard to believe because he's recorded so many, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. especially standards. Yeah. Huh. Well, you know what you should do is take those 30 songs and make an album with the two of you. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The D.D. Bridgewater. The, uh, I, oh, that was my idea exclusively. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that set, decided what I was going to do. Yeah. And I said, you know, I want to do, uh, I want to do doodling. And then all of a sudden, I realized, I said, wait a minute, Doodlin, for some reason, Monin, I've always liked Monin. And, and I kind of heard in my head, I kind of heard them together. Like they, they were like, uh, it's like you can sing Monin and Doodlin almost simultaneously at the same time. Hmm. And the chord structure matches a little bit, you know, like they go, they, they go interspersed like one against one against the other. And I came up with, I said, I said, I want to start out with moaning, and then Dee Dee will come in with doodling, and then we merge it together. And then, of course, we present, I presented this idea to the arranger, who was Gordon Goodwin. And Gordon added his little kick to it, and I told him what I wanted, what the kind of feeling I wanted, and he delivered. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... That's how we. Do, that's how I got to do my duet with uh, Dee Dee Bridgewater. Was uh, I wanted to? I did moaning, and then she did doodling, and then we. It was like a, became a duet. We did it in the both songs together. Yeah. Then I went, and then of course we got Kurt Elling, who I love. He's uh, especially his scatting. His scatting is off the chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we we were able to get him. And uh, that's the rest of history, honey. <laughs> it, yeah, and it's, it's, 
it's an amazing album. I mean, it really is. And now I presume, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, will you be singing all those songs at uh, the Arinda Theater on February 20th? Will that those be in intermixed into the songs that you'll be singing? Well, unfortunately, there will not be a Johnny Mathis or right. a Right. No, no, I realize that. Or Kenny. <laughs> Uh, I won't be, you know what, I won't be singing uh, this. The only one I think I'll be doing is They Can't Take That Away From Me. Mm -hmm. And and that's because Ella did it, too, as well. Oh, okay. And I do Ella's version. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, no, it would be beautiful if, if, if you could have all those people with you. <laughs> I, I realize that's not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So wh- mm-hmm. what what can the people expect to hear? Uh, I, I, I... Oh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a little bit of everything. I'll be doing the jazz, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing songs. Uh, I'll do probably a couple of songs from the album, maybe three. And then I'll be doing stuff from my Ella repertoire. As you know, like Mr. Paganini, and uh, maybe how high, how high the moon or whatever, and then of course I'll be doing some of my Invictus material. You know, Band of Gold. Oh yeah, you, you gotta and, do that. <laughs> uh, gotta do that, and some maybe a couple other songs like Bring the Boys Home yes. that I did on Invictus. Yes. And then I'll be doing maybe some like Broadway some Broadway tunes as well, and. Uh, and I'll maybe doing some material, maybe a couple of songs from my the album I did back in 2014, and that was called "Come Back to Me, Love." And I might do some stuff from that from that album as well. Hmm. Now, do you change songs up? like, huh? Do you change up, uh, you know, from concert to concert? Do you change it up, or do you stick with a, a, a regular list uh, playlist? Or I kind of basically I do change it up, but a lot of it is I try to. You know, I I try to just keep the favorites in, the ones that I know that are that are well that I like to sing and that the audience likes to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, the Orinda Theater is a beautiful theater, and you're going to love it there. And the people that go to it are going to love seeing your show. And I'd like to finish up with two final questions. And but before that, I want to remind people they can check out your memoir, Band of Gold, the memoir, and pick that up. They can also get your new album, Let There Be Love. Be sure to check out the all the songs on it, and particularly the Johnny Mathis. They can see some of that at your website, which is freetopain.com, and check out the, your concert on Sunday, February 20th at 5 p.m. at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, part of their live concert series. But uh, final question is, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? What, do you, oh, what is Frida Payne watching? <laughs> <laughs> okay, on TV, well, i got to tell you, I've got to regress and go back to the day. Remember Scandal? Yes, oh yeah. It was on Channel 7 with Kerry Washington. Yes. I, and uh, what's that, Goldwyn, who played the president? Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't loved, I loved that one. I, I, was so, I was so upset when, you know, it, it uh, went off the air mm-hmm. and it, was, it ended. And, but now, I tell you what I like, and this is good. I think this is in their final, their final season. And that this is us with Sterling uh, K. Brown, 
Sterling J. Brown. Yes, yes. And uh, I love that This Is Us. That's, mm-hmm. such a, that's such a good show. And I also like uh, The Rookie. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what else do I like? Uh, oh, I like Chicago PD. Yeah. And I like Bull. And let me see, what else do I like? Uh, I used to like, well, I liked Sex in the City when that was on. Yeah. And The Good Wife when that was on. It's not on now, but right. The Good Wife I used to love. Yeah. And let me see, what else? It's funny, I've had a well, lot of people I, from those shows that you talk about on, on my show. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. And let me see. Oh, God, let me think of some other shows that I really do like. Let's see, on Monday. Oh, well, Dancing with the Stars, but that's not like a, a drama. That's a, You should be a, a on there. <laughs> you should go on. I know on. it, honey. You better call. You better let them know. I w- would love to be on there. But you know what's so funny? I mean, how long have they been on the end? Like 15 years Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so at least that, yeah. Well, you know, well, the last couple of years i had to have knee replacement surgery ah. on my so i had my left knee done over in 2020 and then in 2021 i had a shoulder replacement and i'm thinking i it would be my darn luck i mean if they had called me to do it let's say three years ago would have been great mm-hmm. or maybe four or five years ago would have been great yeah but i said now it's sort of like she whiz <laughs> Yeah. I, honey, I would have to go through a whole regiment mm. of working out with a trainer, going to physical therapy or whatever, you know, trying yeah. to get myself together. Because I used to, I used to dance, you know, and I used, to, and I also I used to uh, do yoga. I used to always do yoga a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, like the last forty something years, and and uh, so. But I think I'm, I think I can handle it. But it's almost like I could have been so much better had it been a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what about movies? What are, What are your favorite movies of all time? The Color Purple. Ah, good movie. That's one of my favorite movies. And, uh, oh, God. Uh, recently, I went to see the new version, the Steven Spielberg uh, version of West Side Story. Yes, how'd you like it? And I loved it. I mean, I couldn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. The music, number one, the music is is. You know, is definitely uh, the selling point of the whole show. I mean, that score, oh, my God. And, of course, the dancing is, like, fabulous and off the chain. And I really like that, the way they inserted uh, Rita Marino in there, yeah. um, uh, replacing that storefront owner, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. yep. And to have her play, do that role, and they rewrote everything, and, and it really worked well. I thought it worked well. Yeah. Um, and I really like the two, the two on um, let's say the ingenue, the girl who played Maria, loved her. She was adorable, mm-hmm. and the guy who played Tony. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was great. They were all good. They were all very good. Yeah. But of course, my heart. But let's again. I was gonna say my heart belongs to Daddy. <laughs> My heart belongs to the original. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, no matter. I I can't say there's ever been a remake that I thought was better than the original. I mean, that's you know, 
I'm just, that's just the way I feel. You know, it's almost like, it's like, it's nostalgia because all these years, if they had, I think they waited too long, mm, yeah. you know, because all these years, everybody has always, you know, that's the only version, that's the only movie version of it that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it made a lot of those people really it put them on the map. Oh yeah, yeah. We've and we've had you know Jaime like the like one of the like the Puerto Rican dancers like Jaime Rogers. Remember Jaime Rogers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, 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 and the uh, the guy who played um, oh my God, what's his name? He was one. Of, he was the leader of the Puerto Rican gang. Uh, I'm not. Sure. Is it George? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, he's been on my show twice or <laughs> twice in the past. Yeah, George Kakaris. And yes. oh my God, he was so good. Yeah. And uh, and let's see who else. Oh, David Winters, who was in the other gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, just a, it's just oh a my... classic. I mean, it's, it's all you can say. It's a classic. <laughs> Natalie. Oh, oh no. Lest we, lest we never forget Natalie Wood. Right. Yes. Playing Maria. Oh my God. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know all that. It was just. It was just wonderful. And of course, Rita Marino. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, she put her she put her stamp on that. You oh, know yeah. that. I think that kind of made her. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you know, people you remembered know, that for... introduced her to the world. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, well, Frida. I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to share with us, and uh, it, it's it's been a thrill to have you on the show. And uh, I, you know, like I say once again, everybody that wants to check you out can check out your website, freetopain.com, get your album. Uh, oh, also, also freetopain.com or I am freetopain.com. Oh, I didn't know that one. I knew. Yeah, I am freetopain.com. But freetopain.com is just as good. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'll check that one out, too, because I didn't know and about the, that one. Right. And the book is Band of Gold, mm-hmm. a memoir by Frida Payne mm-hmm. and Mark Beagle. Yeah. And, of course, mm-hmm. your, like I said, your album, and they, they want to see you in person at the Orinda Theater on Sunday, February 20th at 5 o'clock. Check you out there. And uh, I thank you so much, Frida. And thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. Frida Payne, a great singer and a wonderful person, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Hope you enjoyed that one. And be sure to check out Frida Payne at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California, on Sunday, February 20th at 5 p.m. It's going to be a great show. It's very intimate, and it's just so nice to uh, see these people at this theater. It's a great place to go. So if you're in the San Francisco Bay area, be sure to uh, get over there and check that out. Get your tickets ahead of time because they go fast. And also you can go to uh, the uh, Arinda Theater website and check that out and, um, you know, get your tickets. So, And uh, what do you say? It's, uh, you know, it's it's another episode of On Screen and Beyond that has gone by. We've got a lot more coming your way. And uh, got some got an interesting one coming up next week. So I hope you can join me for that. Be sure to tell a friend. Get the word out about On Screen and Beyond. Keep an eye out for us on Instagram and on Twitter. And, you know, check us out there. And also keep up to date with what's going on 
And tell a friend, most of all, that's a big help. And if you get a chance, you know, on any of these places where you're getting your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, or Google or Spotify or any of those, leave a review. Hopefully you're going to leave a good review for us and uh, we'll get all the words out about all the great people we have had here at On Screen and Beyond. And people can still go back and listen to those and we're still uploading all the the past ones we've had that uh, we had had to take down for a while, and uh, those are still coming up all the time, and uh, more and more people are seeing them, and we hope you're enjoying them. Like I said, last month, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, it was just crazy the amount of people that are listening to uh, Norman Greenbaum, who did Spirit in the Sky. It's, it's a lot of fun hearing his story. He tells all about uh, the song and everything, and uh, it's very interesting, so be sure to check that out. Also, A. Martinez was the... Uh, the, the biggest new episode that uh, you know was put out that uh, people downloaded, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. He's a great guy, so be sure to check that one out. Well, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zabrak. Take care. Mm-hmm.